Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast about liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here again, as usual, with Father Stephen Gautier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Good to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America. And today, Father Stephen, we had a question from one of our listeners, Chad Magnuson. Um, He wanted to know what the role of a vestry is in a parish. So if you're thinking of a parish or, you know, a congregation, for for those of you all who are not Anglican, um, certain members of the congregation might end up on the vestry. So, so Father Stephen, what is, what is this circle of lady called the vestry? So what do they do? Well, it might help us to start out with the notion of what a parish is. Mm-hmm. It comes from the word parochia. It meant a colony of people. So the whole idea was, first of all, it was something, part of something bigger. So we're not a congregational yeah. polity. Right. Uh, we're not a federation of independent congregations. That is, we look upon ourselves, every parish is part of something bigger, our unity around a bishop. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what a, what a vestry basically is, it's, it's a council, a lay council, although we'll talk a little more. There's a, you know, the, the, the rector actually does serve as its president, but everybody else on that council is a lay member of the church, mm-hmm. and they govern uh, certain affairs of the church, yeah. a parish council. The Roman Catholics call a parish council. The term vestry is interesting. You know, like the King of England had a, um, a privy council, still does, mm-hmm. and that's sort of a, a funny title because privy means what it means. The yeah. bathroom is when <laughs> the, the king uh, it was busy in the morning. Rather than waste the time, that's when people would talk with him. Okay. <laughs> and that's actually the origin of the Privy Council. It was a good time to get his attention. He wasn't going anywhere. That is hilarious. Uh, I didn't know that's, that. That's the origin of Privy, Privy Council. Okay, but we don't do that here. No, instead, <laughs> we happily uh, talked to the priest. Um, they were basically advisors to the, to the rector, to the, you know, to the uh, rector of the parish, mm-hmm. in the vestry where he, when he dressed to, to basically for service in the morning. Yeah. The vestry, the vesting sacristy. Sure. So the vestry where the people would gather there and say, this is a good time. He's here for a few minutes putting on his vest investments, this would be a good time to give him some advice. That's the the history of it. I see. So the vestry, the people would advise him when he was getting, getting dressed. Okay. Okay. So that, so it's, so, okay. So they're not talking to, to us while we're in the bathroom, but may, but originally when we're getting ready for service. It's not the privy council, but it's the, you're right. It's the vestry council. Got it. And they're the legal representatives of the parish uh, for all matters related to property. Okay. As a corporation, you know, with the government and things, it is the legal yeah, you know, entity of the parish. Uh huh. So it's the one. The, so they were the ones that would that would be facing the sort of you know world facing like the legal and that's and right. They property. are le- they are the legal corporation of the parish. I see. I see. So is this? I mean, so w- what's the structure of of this? How do you end up getting on the vestry? Okay. Well, every parish is required to have an annual meeting, and the annual meeting where they conduct certain business. And one of those things, the most important thing that's done at that meeting is that's where you choose the members of the vestry. The vestry is like our Congress or a city council or something. Mm-hmm. Is we have a Republican form of government in the sense that instead of if putting every decision we make to everybody in the parish, we choose a bunch of people who actually follow business. Mm-hmm. So we choose a group of people. The size of a vestry can, can, depends on how, how big the parish is, right. how many people they want. But we all vote for people who, from that time on, will basically have authority because we invest them with authority like mm-hmm. we do our elected officials. And normally what to do this is any adult member of the parish, but typically there are limits. Again, adult, normally there's an age requirement, like at least 16 or yeah. 18 or something. Uh, sometimes it's, it's uh, limited also. We want to make sure these are people who are really members of the parish. 
So often it requires a giver of record, somebody who's actually given something to the support of the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes somebody who actually is... Uh- Attended. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so, so we're talking about people with skin in the game. <laughs> exactly. Right. You, know, you can have somebody who was baptized or you know, stopped going to church three years ago and they can't show up suddenly to contested and, and vote. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is very often there are individual bylaws for individual parishes, but typically what will happen is any member in good standing, and good standing that typically means in the Anglican world uh, means that you're the right age, you're, you're an adult, it means that you have given at least something during the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just some amount of money that you yeah. know, your, your, your presence, your something to support of the church, and that you, in fact, have attended. Yeah. So you need to know that people are competent and invested yeah. in, in, in the life of the they're, parish. They're actually a legal member of the parish. Grace. They can choose their representatives. So who, le- who's, who's, who leads the vestry? Well, otherwise it's a lay council, but by definition, the rector is the one who is the president, automatically serves as the president of the vestry. Okay. So the, the, so the priest in charge. The priest in charge, right, okay. is automatically ex officio. I hate to use that term because sometimes people think the word ex officio means you are officially part of something who don't have power. Sometimes the term means that. But here it means you serve simply by virtue of your office. You are automatically that. But you I do see. have power. You are the actual president of the vestry as, okay. as, the, as the priest in charge. And that, of course, wouldn't be elected. You, the, no. the rector wouldn't be elected. No. Okay. And then typically what you have is within the vestry, you have two people that people talk about, the wardens. Mm. And not that they're so crazy we have to treat it like a prison, but you get the, the idea warden. of the yeah. wardens. There's a senior warden, a junior warden, typically. A senior warden is actually the number one person on the vestry. They're the one, the chief advisor, mm. basically, to the priest in charge. They're, they're the support. They're the contact. They're the big connection. Mm. And, um, and if, for example, with the rector, let's, uh, let's suppose... Uh, leaves, falls ill, dies or something, they yeah. take over, you know, to help in the process of the transition. Okay. Then junior wardens have a more prosaic but incredibly important role. They're responsible for all the church property and buildings. Got it. You know, basically the property requirements of the church. Got it. So two wardens. Um, do they have any, uh, do the wardens have any duties within the service at all? Or? No. Okay. It's uh, completely, again, this is... More behind the scenes. Yeah. M- right. Uh, the, again, this is not a religious board that way. Uh, they basically, we talk about this as sort of the um, the temporal side of, of the church. Right. Okay. Yeah. So wh- what is a vestry supposed to do? Well, first thing is they help choose the rector. You say they have to, the rector is someone who ultimately will be invested by the bishop. Mm-hmm. The bishop has to agree to the rector because the rector is an extension. Right. But, of course, they're involved in the selection process. We want someone who's going to be acceptable, not only, you know, is acceptable to the bishop, but also would be a good people. match, yeah. a good match to the people. So they lead that process. Uh, they also take the lead in defining mission and planning, mm. uh, you know, for, the, for their parish. It's their parish. They work on the budgeting and financing, how do you rate raising the money, those kind of good things, manage the physical prop, property, the monetary resources. And if something goes wrong, you know, sometimes sadly things can go wrong between a parish and its priest, is they're the ones who would be in a position to appeal to the bishop and saying, we need your, we made to help out here to help um, yeah. uh, to smooth things out. Okay, okay, I see. So is... What, so what does the vestry not do? <laughs> That's often more of a problem. The first thing is, unlike a, with our polity, is the vestry doesn't set doctrine. So again, we okay. have a doctrine. The bishop is the one, you know, in conjunction with all the other bishops, and uh, you know, they are the ones who set the standard of doctrine. So the spiritual leader of the parish saying, what do we believe? Sure. Is our bishop working through his, the clergy? So the vestry is never going to vote on, a, you know, 
theological. Yeah, what do we believe about the real presence? No, that's right. not yeah. what uh, <laughs> that's not what the, the vestry does. Okay, because again, that's uh, you know that's what we do through our bishop is the one who you know who, who's our leader that way, and he works through his clergy. Sure, you know who are again resident in 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 our parishes. Um, also, they're not involved with personnel management. Hmm. Again, the rectors often will have employees. Well, uh, an employee can't have uh, six, ten bosses. Got it. And so the idea is that sometimes a vestry will say, look, they have to fund the position. Say, hey, it's okay for you to hire somebody. If I hold the purse strings, then, Right. Yeah. They say, we'll authorize the position. Uh-huh. And they might even say, before you hire somebody, could we at least talk to them and agree the right person? But once sure. they're hired, they are an employee, and they basically work at the the will of the rector. Got it. If the Got rector it. can't get along with them, the rector gets, right. lets them go. Um, so he manages the uh, staff. Got it. So the, a, a lot of this sounds very prosaic. Um, is, is, there any, is there any kind of like spiritual significance? Well, to the well if we say prosaic, I've got to tell you, one of the things we believe so much is body and soul. True. We yeah. can't separate. Everything we do is, is spiritual this way. And so this is just as important. You know, there is, we can't have the spiritual soul without the physical body of all those things that right. are part of being church. Of course. So it really is part of that integration. And mm-hmm. so there's a real, it, this is done in a very spiritual way. Uh, I remember I was a church treasurer twice in, you know, many years ago. Yeah. And I remember each time being told by the rector was why saying, this is a spiritual office, saying, again, we, there are a lot of people who have financial capabilities, but it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have to have that sense of a spiritual side to it as well. So we're by no means diminishing that. But, uh, you know, so there's a, and also they often set the vision, you know, what are our programs? You know, you know, the, this is a common dialogue between the, mm-hmm. the rector and his, uh, and his vestry. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but what we don't want to confuse that is we don't have to find out what we believe are matters of spiritual discipline. That's properly something through the bishop and his officers. Sure, sure. But that doesn't mean the vestry isn't spiritual, but they're not, again, we are part of something bigger when it comes to what, what do we believe? Yeah. Do vestries turn over? Um, yes, they do. They have yeah. terms of office. How, oh, they have terms? Okay. Yes. How, how long? It depends. It's a matter of bylaws. Okay. You, you know, it's very often uh, somebody will have like a three-year term and then turn over, and you might have sta- st- staggered terms. Uh, every uh, parish will have a set of bylaws. Right. And so, the bylaws will tell, you know, what what is your term of office? So bear, bylaws for that kind of thing might vary from parish to parish. Right. Uh, okay. Okay, got it. So it wouldn't be kind of set for a single diocese or a DNA. Although dioceses sometimes can have model bylaws okay. that they require. Uh, so that's a possibility. But as a matter of law, for those of your uh, our listeners here who might not know what bylaws are legally, yeah, is the idea of courts are where you go, sadly, as Christians, we'd hope never to go there. But as a matter of law, to be a corporation, what a bylaw says is, look, this is a free corporation. So it's a free country. You do what you want. However, if you guys ever had a fight... And you come to court to have it settled. We have to have rules. Okay. You have to. How are we going to judge? We have to have criteria to make a judgment. I see. Because otherwise, we'd be interfering with religion. Okay. Or, okay. You know, we we don't want to be say what's right or wrong. That's a matter of religion. So you just have to have rules. You agree that these are the rules. Okay. And so if you ever went to court, all we're going to do is take what you've written down here and say, well, based on what you've written and agreed to and voted on when you were incorporated. We will adjudicate we'll what adjudicate happens. That basis. That's what bylaws do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I never really understood what bylaws were. That's their function. It's simply the court saying, look, we'll, we don't want you to come here, but if you ever have to come, <laughs> if you ever have a fight, you have to tell us everyone agrees. Here's what the rules are. Right. And these are the rules. And you, okay, you're right. You're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, well, well that's fascinating. Um, do so do vestries in in some sense rep, so in some sense they're representatives of the people of the laity, um, but but they're also 
kind of um, helps and advisors uh, to right. the director. Yeah, they are basically they are they they are they are basically a practical way for the laity to be in their church. It's our church together, all of us. Mm-hmm. It's for them their way to be very active in a way that they need to be active in the church. Sure. Is, is, what are the are, are there advantages to the to the Republican um, format of this o- uh, over the fully Democratic the, uh, the town hall meeting? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the real thing is a lot of really tough decisions. Frankly, require a lot of homework. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about um, buying a, buying a piece of land for a church building or something, it requires a lot of work. You want people studying these things. Yeah. And the idea of having people who, frankly, aren't inclined to do so, or just on the spur of the moment, looking sure. at what they can find in five minutes about something, is that's why in our country we just you know in New England, for example, there are places that have town meetings. Yeah, yeah. Where people get together with this, but a lot of us have found, wouldn't we rather take people we trust? to look at these things and, then, and make decisions on our behalf right. rather than personally trying to be involved in every decision. Wouldn't that be a more pragmatic way to make sure things get the thorough vetting from people we trust? I would uh, summarize it saying, as you know, it's easy to say you know, that the, the clergy are dealing with the, that spiritual side and there's the temporal side, but it's more than that because right. there's nothing in the church that's purely temporal. Sure. So I like that body-soul uh, comparison. Is it? It's all sacred. It's all one. Yeah. There's not one without the other. Got it. That makes sense. Great. Well, I hope that uh, answers your question, Chad. Thank you so much for writing in, and thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back next week for more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. One last thing for our Canadian listeners. Okay. Because the Anglican Church in North America is in Canada, of course. uh, The term bylaws might be unusual to Canadian listeners. They're called terms of reference in Canada. I see. Okay. But any not-for-profit corporation or any corporation of any type, even for-profits, have to have, again, when you first set up a corporation, have to agree what the rules are yeah in the united states their bylaws in canada their terms of reference i see for our canuck listeners appreciate that (laughs) well thanks so much father stephen um that's all the time we have left for this episode hope that answers your question chad and we will be back next week for more on liturgy sacrament and the great tradition of christian worship thanks for listening